Hey, did y'all bring your Bibles today? I am fired up this morning. The weather's cold outside, but it's hot inside. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we're in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. And I'm concluding our Christmas series called Great Expectations. Uh, I've been, you know, just studying things that we should be appreciative for and grateful for in the holiday season. I've discovered that gratitude accompanies an expectation of good things to come. And I've got some great expectations for you in 2022. Even if you're watching us online this morning, I've got great expectations coming to you as well. There's good things to come. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. I feel so stirred up in my spirit. I want to read Jeremiah 29. I'm going to read verse 11, 12, and 13. These are great verses uh, that he prophesied over, his, over the people. Jeremiah 29, 11. You should know this verse. I know people that have this verse tattooed to their bodies. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And he said, you'll call on me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Let's pray. Father, this morning we are here before you, and our hearts are open. I, I thank you, Lord for the thoughts and the plans that you have for us. And I pray for the Spirit of God to reveal it, breathe it to us fresh. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a, a, a fresh picture, a fresh heart, a desire for the things to come in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. I was thinking back about some of my favorite Christmas presents of all time. One year, 1997, when I was in high school, my dad got me tickets to the NFL playoffs. Yeah, I was so happy to go to watch my beloved Denver Broncos because they were playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round of the playoffs. And uh, I have to tell you, I was pretty excited to be there, but it was one of the coldest I've ever been in my life. I mean, I was freezing sitting up there, but you know what? Denver won the game 42-17, and I had a fire on the inside just like I do this morning because I had some great expectations for that team because that was the year they went on to win the Super Bowl, and I, I was pretty fired up about it. I had, I had uh, the expectation and hope they would do that. I am what you call an optimist, so that means I embrace the future, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that the future presents because it always presents an opportunity. That's what Jeremiah is declaring to his people. He is prophesying over them in, in, this, in this 11th verse. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of, he said, peace and not of evil that are going to give you a future and a hope. And here's what I would just say this morning. I am grateful for what the future holds. Man, I've been hitting it in this series on things I'm grateful for. I am grateful for what the future holds in my life. Because, you know, hope is a very powerful force. I mean, hope is one of those things that gets people moving, it gets them fired up, it keeps them motivated. Hope will keep you engaged. And I want to remind you, when Jeremiah wrote this to the Jewish people, he's writing to them while they were in captivity in Babylon. He said, for 70 years, there'll be captivity. That's the previous verse. But he said, I know what's coming in your life. I know you've got a future, and I know you've got a hope. And he's encouraging the people of God. He said, you've got great plans now, I don't know about you, but I, well, I do know, <laughs> but I believe for me that there's great things coming in 2022, man. I, I get fired up thinking about it. I mean, it stirs my spirit. Um, 
You know, when you start a, a series, and this series is on great expectations, typically you want to, you know, highlight what you're trying to say at the very beginning and have people buy in. I felt like in this series of messages that I was in, it was like, man, I'm expectant for the future. I have great expectations, things I'm grateful for about what is coming. And that's really the focal point of what I want to highlight today. Man, I am fired up about what the future holds. You know, it was at the very beginning of the year, uh, maybe, maybe about a year ago, and I was just in here praying, and I was walking on this side of the altar, and I felt like the Lord just spoke to me very clearly. I mean, you know, you know it's the Lord speaking when you're not thinking about it. Like when you're doing the dishes, and then all of a sudden God will just speak something fresh to you. It's like the voice of the Lord. And I felt like he told me that in 2021, we were going to have the greatest year in ministry that we've had yet. And, and man, that, that panned out. That was exactly what took place. The Lord blessed us in so many ways. Do you know that we gave away more this last year in ministry than we've ever given away? We gave 20% of our budget since we got the building paid off. It's like we got on a giving kick. And, you know, we ended the year in the greatest place financially we've ever been. And it was just like, man, God's faithfulness and his blessing, and I'm seeing it in people's lives. And I'm very excited about what all is coming. And by the way, in case you didn't catch it, we were here on Christmas Eve. We had one of the biggest crowds we ever had. People worked very hard. I'm sure grateful for all the love and the buying and the support and the volunteers that we have. It's like, man, I, I just, I'm getting excited when I think about it. So I prayed. I said, Lord, what are you going to do next year? I was in here praying. I was seeking him. I want to know what he'd say about 2022. But you know, God is sneaky. He didn't say nothing to me. He didn't. I, I was listening. He, uh, but the thought came to me. I was thinking about this verse, and it was like, man, you don't need a word from God if you already know what the future holds. I have a word in my hands. It tells me that he's got great thoughts for me, plans in the future. It got me all fired up. Good things to come. How many of y'all believe that? If you have your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter 3 with me. Philippians, the third chapter. And uh, I want to help you, I want to show you this morning how to conquer what is coming. You know, the future is ready for you. It's coming at you. If you just go grab it, the future's coming. And it just takes a little effort and perseverance and persistence. Now, I love Philippians. I, I, one of my favorite books of the Bible. We almost begin the series here talking about, uh, you know, being grateful for adversity. Because Paul wrote Philippians when he was in the Mambertine prison, a subterranean cell in Rome. And so this book is about rejoicing. It's about expectations. It's Paul saying, rejoice always. In everything, give thanks. I mean, he, he, even though he's in prison. And this is a book that's written to the church. You know, the epistles, that's what Paul wrote. That's what Peter and, and James and John, those are letters written specifically for the church. In the same way that Jeremiah wrote to his people in Babylon, Paul is writing to the church. So we like to study his epistles because they give us some ideas and some insights specifically for the church for you today, for those of us here on the earth. And I couldn't think of a better passage of Scripture to highlight than Philippians chapter 3. And I want to highlight verse number 12. Philippians 3, 12. He said, not that I have already attained. He said, I have not arrived yet. And he said, I've not been perfect. I, I'm not a perfect man. But he did say this. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. If you want to conquer what's coming in your life, the first thing that you have to have is a desire 
to achieve what God has in store for you. That's what Paul's expressing in this verse. He wanted to achieve everything that God had in store for him. Every, everything God had. And, you know, he, he said, I, I'm not perfect. I, I haven't arrived, but I'm pressing in. I'm striving. I'm pursuing after him who has laid a hold of me. You know, desire is a very powerful force. It, it's, it's like hope. And the Bible says in, in Proverbs chapter 13 that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Like when your hope is put off, it's a troubling thing. But when desire comes, he said it's like a tree of life. It, it has the ability to bear fruit in your life. You know, my dad told me something that's never left me. It's, it's one of the lasting bits of advice I always think about. He said, you can succeed at anything. You can accomplish anything. You can achieve anything if you have a desire for it. If your desire is strong enough for something, you can pursue it and you can grab it. And when I think about Paul, man, his desire was to fulfill the will of God. Now, I want to fulfill the will of God for my life. I, I, that is what my desire is. I want to follow after him. And that desire, when he called me to, in the ministry, I said yes to it, man. I ran after it. My desire has been to follow the Lord. I want his will. I want his work to come out in my life. That's been a desire of mine. And, and I tell you, I, I've got hopes and dreams. I mean, I think about our children. Elizabeth and I got three little kids covered with syrup jumping all over us on Christmas morning. See them bled. We've got hopes and dreams for those children to you know, grow and have a wonderful life, and we want to see them blessed. And we're working on a home that we're remodeling, and Elizabeth doesn't like the layout, so we're going to end up moving houses one day. And, you know, we've got hopes and dreams about things that are coming. I like to travel. I'd like to see some other places in the world. It's a dream of mine. It's a hope of mine. And, and, and you know, the New Year time, because that's what we're, we're embarking into here, is a time when you think about all the potential that's coming in the next year, when you've got plans to make for it, things that you want to accomplish, things that you can achieve in the next year. But Paul said, my greatest desire, the thing that I really want the most, is that I may know him. That's Philippians 3 verse 10. That's what he's writing about, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, even know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, in my office, I've got a, a, a picture uh, on the wall. It's, it's like a family Bible that we had for years and years. And I took a page out from this very chapter, Philippians chapter 3, and I framed it and put it up on the wall. Because every time I see that, it's a reminder of a moment in time that I had with God. I was uh, 19 years, 18 years old, 1999, the month of June, I had a night job. I was living in my Uncle Steve's place there. And I remember that cool June morning, I was reading Philippians chapter 3 about how Paul said, I want to leave everything behind and I want to know the Lord. And I can still feel the cool June breeze blowing on the hair of my legs as I was reading this passage of scripture. And I just fell asleep just right there reading on it about how Paul said, I love God. I want to know him. I mean, that's, I want to forget everything that's behind. That moment is forever etched in my mind. That's what Paul's desire was. But you know what it's like. You have that desire to know God. But along the way, you end up getting distracted. Because you get busy with them sticky-fingered children after Christmas. And, you know, the home remodel does take some time. You start thinking about 
other aspirations, you know, money you could put here. And, and, and before you know it, you, you almost get distracted with life because that's how life goes. It just kind of gets you moving along and you've got to maintain that focus for the Lord. The thing that you really want to have a desire for is for the will of God. That's why Jesus said that if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. And I have found out that instead of pursuing things and getting distracted and having desires elsewhere, if I would just keep him at the forefront and the center of my desire, he will take care of everything along the way. That's what he does. And so my desire is not just for the will of God. My desire is to know him. And in doing that, he brings about his will and his perfect plan in my life. It's really an incredible thing how God does that. He said, uh, I want to lay hold of him who's laid a hold of me. Man, that's a powerful thing. Lay hold of him who has laid a hold of me. You know, Paul had an encounter with God. That is really where a desire for his will comes from, when you experience him in a fresh way. I was thinking about 1967, and my mom and grandma had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. They were died in the wool Lutherans who got filled with the Holy Spirit and on fire for God, and it changed their life. And I, I've watched my mom, man, since that time, she has been pursuing after God in a way I, I see very few people doing. And, and it's from that sense of desire. He laid hold of me. How many of you want to be laid hold of by God? Man, I want him and encounter him in a fresh way. And that will birth a desire in your heart. If you want to conquer what's coming, the first thing you have to have is a desire to achieve all that God has for you. Now, here's the second thought, and I'm in verse number 13. He said, he said, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. I, Paul's like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not arrived yet, okay? But he said, one thing I do, this one thing, I forget what's behind, and I reach for what's ahead toward the things that are ahead of me. He's using this uh, analogy of an athletic guy running a race. And so he said, I'm, I'm leaning in for the prize. In verse 14, I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, whenever I read those verses, I often stopped there. But I did notice in verse 15, there is a therefore. And if, if, it's, if there's a therefore, you ought to know why it is therefore. It's there because he's going to say that as many of us as are mature. Somebody say mature. You ought to have this mind. Maturity is that ability for you to forget what's in the past and reach for what's ahead. See, if you want to conquer what's coming, here's what you got to have. Some maturity under pressure. Now, I did look up the word maturity. Do you know what it means? It means that you have the mental and emotional qualities of an adult. And that might be the problem in society today. Because we got some people who lack maturity. I mean, they're not very good at adulting. I have talked to young people, and it's like, man, they, they struggle with adulting. I don't want to grow up. I, and our society caters to that. I mean, adulting, it, it all, adulthood, this is how you handle pressure in life because life's coming at you. And Jesus warned about this. He said there's people who will bear no fruit unto maturity. That's what he said, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. He, he said some people will just never mature. Some people never grow. And this is where we are. We've, we've had a whole society of people who lack the ability to deny themselves or, or have you know, any kind of delayed gratification. Everything is instantaneous, 
And, and this is probably the reason people struggle in relationships or with coping skills. Or, and, and a lot of it is just a lack of maturity in the life of a person. Yeah, maturity. Now, maturity is going to manifest itself in different ways. It has different t- t- ways of, of, of coming out. One of the ways that maturity manifests itself is mature people understand that they're not perfect. I hate to break it to you, but even though you, you're amazing and have some tremendous talents, you can cook, you can you know, wrap Christmas presents pretty awesome, doesn't make you perfect. Amen. Maturity is the ability to recognize flaws and understand no matter what you do, he's still not a perfect person. You know why he had to say that? Because he's writing to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, Paul was saying, uh, he was like, I'm a, I'm a king of the Pharisees. I'm a chief of the Pharisees. He, he was saying, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. That's what he said in this chapter. But the Pharisees thought that they could attain perfect, or, yeah, perfection by keeping the law. They thought if they did enough, if they just worked hard enough, if they applied themselves enough, if they were legalistic about following every mandate and every little thing, that, that God would bless them. That's what they thought. They thought perfection existed there. And the problem with that is that I, I read about the law, Hebrews 10, and it tells us it's a shadow of things to come. The, the, the law, all that law does is point us to Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? He elevated the concept of righteousness with the grace of God. If you want to find perfection, it's found in God's grace. Only through the grace of God are you able to, reach, to walk in maturity and grow as a person. It's God's grace that's doing it. It's his grace that's working in your heart. Now, maturity. It manifests itself in being able to forget what is in the past. That's what we just read about. When you forget the things that are behind, this is a very painful thing for some people to do. I know people who, when we talk about the pressure, it's like, man, the past is so painful they can't think about it. It's almost overwhelming. And they've got a pain in their heart from a divorce, a failure they had, a bankruptcy, some difficult situation. And so whenever the past is brought to them, that's why the mood starts to swing because they don't know how to handle it. It's like people feel the pain of that. And before you know it, you're over here in the dumps emotionally and can't figure out why you're in a bad mood. And a lot of times it's because they haven't been able to forget what's behind. This is where people live with regrets, man. I mean, they'll just regret decisions. It'll eat them up. Uh, when people uh, can't forget what's behind them, one of the ways that's very clear is when they can't forgive people. I don't know if you knew this, but people tend to hurt your feelings. And, and a lot of times, the, the forgiveness and maturity is just able to forget what's taking place, man. I'm just going to put it in the past. It's water under the bridge. That's the evidence of a mature person. And, and there's pressure with that. Hallelujah. Mature people, they, can't, they don't just forget what's behind. They also reach for what's ahead. They, 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 they're reaching out, extending themselves to cross that line. And, and, and reaching for something means that you're not afraid of things to come. You're not afraid of things like failure. And how many people don't reach for things because they're worried they're going to fail. They're, they're not afraid to make plans. I'm making plans for 2022. I made plans in 2020 and 2021. I found that by planning, uh, it helps me achieve certain things. Hey, I'm stretching my faith for greater things. I'm excited about things that have happened, but you know what? That's, that's in the past. I'm reaching ahead 
for what is to come. My faith is stretched for even greater things, more people to see come to the Lord. We can bless more people than we've blessed before. My faith is reaching for the things of God. Here, here's what maturity looks like. He said, I'm going to press for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what he's talking about? You know what that prize is? He's talking about the crown of glory. He's talking about you're at the end of your race and you're reaching out into eternity. And when you think about maturity handling pressure, just think about the weight of eternity. And it is bearing down on you. I mean, it's coming at you so fast. The older I get, I mean, the Bible says time is like a vapor. It just... And, and Paul said the weight of eternity is like, it's coming at you. And you better live your life in such a way. Man, I've had a December to remember. We have been so busy in December. I had a wedding to do on the 12th. I was asked to do a funeral on the 17th. And we had Christmas Eve service. And so three weeks in a row, man, I'm just slammed with stuff to do. I did this funeral at Michelotti Sawyer's this last week. And after I dismissed the service, I was out in the lobby uh, there at Michelotti Sawyer. And I was, you know, I didn't really know anybody. I was just watching everyone console the family and, and hug each other. And, and I had a moment where it was like God just breathed something to me. It was like, I, I just had this thought enter my mind, like, man, one day when I'm in eternity, I'm going to be looking back at moments like this. It was like one of those things that it, it, when I look back at my life, it, that will be something I remember and see. And I guess that just tells me, you know, I'm in the will of God. I'm running after him. I mean, I, I want to hear him say the words, well done, good and faithful servant, because that's what God's going to say. Now, to some people who say, well done, good and faithful servant, to other people, he's just going to say, well, you're done. And you want to make sure that he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You want to run? <laughs> I'm telling you, if you want what God has for you in 2022, if you want to conquer what's coming in your life, if you want good things in the future, you're going to have to have the maturity to handle pressures in life. Forget what's behind. Reach for what's ahead. Because I'm telling you, it's coming at you. Good things are coming for you. Do you all believe that? How many of you feel like you could grow in your maturity? Or am I just talking to myself? All right. <laughs> Number three. I'm in verse 15. He said, If in anything else, if in anything you think otherwise... God will reveal this to you. And so he said, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, the degree that you've grown or in your mind that you've arrived, he said, let's walk by the same rule and let's be of the same mind. Now, I'll make the point here. The point that he's saying is that if you, you want to develop a teachable spirit. Uh, I like reading Philippians 3. It's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, like I was telling you. I read this chapter and every time I get sappy about it because I think about moments I've had with God. I like to read about knowing him, and, and I love reading about forgetting the past and reaching for what's ahead, but I read verse 15 and 16, man, I got to tell you, I had no idea what it was talking about. <laughs> this, this is from the King James translation. I like reading the New King James. I like the poetic prose. I've read it so many times. It's in my head, but I had to really look it up uh, on what he's talking about. I think the ESV version actually might be the best translation for it when he said you got to hold true to what we have attained. And it's very simple what Paul is trying to get across right here. He, if you want to conquer what's coming in your life, he, he's saying this. He's saying that if you think otherwise, anything, God will reveal it to you. The desire you have to know the truth, the desire you have 
to, to find out where you are spiritually. He, he said, that will be rewarded to you in a revelation. God will show it to you. He'll breathe it to you. He, he will let you know with his comforting. So in the meantime, uh, 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 like he said, nevertheless, that means that until you get a further light that's come to you, you just got to be open-minded, teachable, and walk in the light of what God has shown you. Just, just keep moving on in your life with what God has shown you, what he's put in your heart. Walk in the light that's there. That's why David said, in your light, we see the light. And, and the word of the Lord is a, is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. And if you're just walking with him and, 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 and you just stay open and humble and teachable, God will get you through things. That, that's how the future will come to you. That's how things, things that he has in your life will come. You have to have a teachable spirit. Let's talk about what it means to have a teachable spirit spirit. Jesus said you got to continue in the word. If you're my disciples, you'll grow in it. The truth will set you free. So you got to continue in his word. You got to be a disciple. That's teachability. Teachability, uh, I think one of the great ways it starts is with humility. A teachable person is a humble person. And humility is that ability you have to kind of listen to a rebuke and not get too worked up and offended by it. Because I have been in church long enough to see this play out with people where they get offended with one another. I knew a guy one time, I was interning with him, and he had a beautiful potential. I mean, he felt God called him. He was going after God. He was hungry. But I remember one day, an old woman at church rebuked him. An older woman. She told him some truth he didn't want to hear. And I watched as his heart got hard, and he got offended, and out the door he went. Now, I'm thinking about the book of Proverbs, in which it says you ought to listen to people when they rebuke you. Right. One time, we had an, old, an older gentleman show up at church. He was a Baptist man. His name was Brother Al. He used to go around town, and, and he'd go to different churches, and he would drop off notes for the pastor. And, I mean, he was trying to be a blessing. And so he came to church one Sunday. I'd never met him, but he was something of a little legend. And he said, after my service, he said, man, he said, you are a good preacher, but you make too many jokes. And I thought, wow. Like, so I've tried to make humor a spice of the sermon, but not a staple of the diet. <laughs> but I listened to that man. I thought, that's interesting. What could I learn from that? Because I've seen it when, when you get rebuked by somebody, or, or, and it's like, man, if you're not careful, you can't learn from it. I, I want to be in a place where I'm humble. Man, one time I was having devotions. From Psalm 141, it says, let the righteous strike my head, and it shall be as oil upon me. And I remember I had just gotten in a big argument with my mom, and it was like God was telling me to shut up and listen to my mother. <laughs> Man, that's a teachable spirit. <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> I will listen. Yeah. You, uh, you want to talk about teachability? Let me tell you what it really comes down to. A hunger. A hunger for you to want to grow as a person. Man, I have an insatiable appetite right now at this season of my life to learn things. So I love to read books. And I might read a book a week. And, and I mean, I'm buying books and constantly reading them. At the beginning of the year, we went to Pastors University. And, and they set a goal out for 24 books in a year, 52 books in a year. And it, it's just reading anything. I mean, I might read about, you know, eschatology, Bible prophecy. I like to read about leadership. I like to read history books. I, I like to read about 
you know, personal growth, development. I love to read books that relate to the Bible. And man, I'm just always in a place of reading. Uh, it's the same thing as a husband, man. I, I want to read books about marriage so I can be a better husband to my wife. I want to be the best dad I can be to my children. I really want to get this house remodeled done. So I'm learning about houses, and I, I'm hungry for I'm hungry to figure things out. And I, I don't feel like I can lead people effectively unless I myself is growing as a person. I have been in way too many church services where it feels like the pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. And so I have this hunger in me. I, I want to grow. I want to learn more. And I'm telling you, one of the great problems that we have in society today is that people never develop themselves personally. They're really not hungry for greater things. I mean, in 2021, in the information age, with as much technology and information as you have available, there's really no excuse for you to stay stuck somewhere. And I'll talk to people who've got problems in their marriage, and a lot of times it comes down to somebody really isn't making any effort to grow. I mean, there's no personal development. There's no thought about how can I evolve as a person? How, how can I learn how to communicate better, more effectively? How, how can I make you know, uh, financial plans? You know, one thing I learned that was so interesting to me is that when I plan a year out, the very first thing I work at planning is my vacation time and time alone with my wife. It's taken me 15 years for that thought to really manifest in something. I, I'm actively trying to do that. I finally have made that a priority. And it's like, man, that was the hardest thing for me to do because it was always an afterthought and everything was about church and being busy. And, and actually, if you want to maintain healthy relationships, stuff like that should come to the front. That, that's personal development. That's growing as a person. And I'm hungry for that, man. I want to grow. I want to learn as much as I can in the time that I have. I, I, I'm trying to learn. That's what Paul kept saying. I'm not a perfect man. I haven't obtained. But he said, I'm striving. I'm growing. I want to press into the things of God. Yeah. Teachability would have to do with things like hearkening. That word hearken is an old English word, which means that you can listen and apply. Listen and learn. I have discovered that people who listen are learners. Teachability means that I can listen to God when he talks to me in the Bible. I mean, I'm about to kick off the one-year Bible. Every, every year we start that off in January. People read through the one-year Bible till about Deuteronomy. <laughs> but you could give it a shot again this next year. I read through the Bible. I love reading through the Bible. I want to hear what God has to say. I want to listen to him. I want to listen to people in my life, like my wife. Believe it or not, my wife says some pretty amazing things. And if her husband would listen to her, things could go better. <laughs> Your spouse might be a tremendous source of information. I, I want to listen to people around me. Like, I appreciate Pastor Daniel and Pastor David. I have learned a lot from them. Now, Daniel has certain methods I don't know if I always agree with on certain things. But I have learned that he's smarter than he looks. And if I will listen to him, I can learn a few things. I'm great. I can learn from anyone around me. I'm sure grateful for people in my life, the voices that I have. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. If you really want to be teachable, you got to learn how to be happy. Happy, happy, happy. Man, Paul is writing to the Philippian church, and he wrote in chapter 4, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's what he's saying. And, and people who are really learning, they know how they can just handle the situation. You can weather. You ought to be thankful for what you have in life, even if you don't think you have a whole lot. I went to India. 
I'm very grateful for what I have. In India, they don't have toilets you stand on. They have them on the floor. That was a real wake-up call. I mean, man, I was like, man, I'm even grateful for the toilet in America. <laughs> I'm grateful for what I know. I don't know a whole lot. That's what Paul said. I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. But there's some things I do know. I'm grateful for the family I was born into. I'm grateful for the people around me. I'm grateful for the stuff they say. I'm always learning from them. Man, there's a lot of things I can learn in life, and I'm hungry for it, and I can listen. And if you have that mindset, and you have a teachable spirit, you can conquer everything that God has for you in what's coming in 2022. That fires me up, man. I mean, there's so many good things I'm excited for in the next year in my life, in your life. I think the only thing that I'm really not expecting to take place is for the Broncos to win another Super Bowl this next year. I don't think I'm coming. <laughs> but I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about, man, what is coming to you in 2022? What good things are coming in your life, man? I just feel, I feel God's presence and his blessing. Man, man, let me ask you this. Do you have a desire for the will of God? Do you have a desire to achieve what he's called you to do? I mean, it really does start with that sense of desire, a yearning in your heart that says, God, I want to follow you. I want to press it. I want what you have for me in this next year like I haven't had anything before. And that desire, if it's real, if it's, that's how you can move forward. A desire for the will of God, a desire to know him, a desire to walk with him, a desire for his plan, to submit to him. Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, maturity under pressure. I mean, just, just think about some of the difficulties that you have along the way in life and, and how that desire and that maturity is going to help you get through things. I mean, some people, you can tell they lack maturity because they just can't seem to let go of what happened 15 years ago. They can't seem to let go of failures in the past and pains and wounds. But I don't know about you. I want to be someone who's forgotten and I'm reaching. I'm striving after him. I'm pressing into him in spite of pain. I want to live with an eternal perspective. Man, it's coming at you quick. Or, you know, this being teachable. Man, how many of you want to grow with me this next year? I, I feel like I have, and it's like a person in the last few years of my life than, than ever before. I, and it's like, I knew males develop slowly in life, but I didn't know they developed as slow as I just, I'm like, man, I'm hungry for more. I want more of God. I want more in my marriage. I want more in my church. I just, man, that's what I'm thinking about what's coming. How many of y'all want that for your life? Yeah, let's pray. Man, I just feel the peace and the presence of the Lord. Father, I thank you for a group full of people. Mm. Hungry and on fire and expected to know you. Mm. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you, you reveal it to us, things to us, things to come. God, show us things to come. Give us a vision. Give us a purpose. Give us a reason to run our lives and strive after you. I pray for manifestations of the Holy Spirit in this congregation. Lord, I pray you stir people up, fire them up. Give them dreams and visions. Wake them up in the middle of the night. Give them ideas. Lord, put the desire in their heart to know what to do. And give them a voice to speak to people. I pray that over them. God, make them leaders, not followers, leaders. Lord, and I, I pray, Lord, that, that that purpose of God is fulfilled and manifest and complete in all their life in the name of, of Jesus, the name above every name. Oh, man. Man, his goodness and his mercy. Woo, man, I, I tell you, I just... I don't know. I feel his blessing. Sometimes, sometimes people are looking for miracles to manifest all the time. I'm just looking for his blessing to work out. You know what happens is he makes rough places and makes them smooth. 
I feel like there's some rough places in your life that God wants to smooth out. Ooh, I feel it, man. He's going to take some sandpaper to some rough edges you got going on. Yeah. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. Now, I was reading about uh, a man in Italy at the turn of the century, because my kid loves history books, so we're reading about a juggler, a man from Italy who made a career juggling in America. And uh, this man decided he wanted to go back to Italy and see his family. He'd been juggling in New York City. So he got on a boat, because that's what you did at the turn of the century, traveling across the Atlantic Ocean. And on three-week cruises like that, it gets pretty boring. So he saw a boy who was selling oranges. And he asked the kid if, if he could juggle some of those oranges since he was a juggler. He was juggling the oranges. You know what? People started drawing a crowd around him because it's a pretty long boat ride. There wasn't a lot going on. They were oohing and on. And he said, hey, listen, 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 I'll show you something better than this. Stay right here. And he went over to his cabin and he got uh, his life savings, which he'd put in a diamond. He put a diamond. He said, I do better under pressure. So he brought the diamond out and he said, I'm going to juggle my life savings as a diamond. Everything I'd earned in New York City, I put in a diamond. I'm going to juggle this on the boat. They said, I don't know if you should do that. And he said, no, this is what I want to do. And, and so the crowd was just in awe of him juggling with this diamond. They'd watch it. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat. Sometimes boats get those waves at sea that you're not ready for. And as he was juggling that diamond, it hit a wave. And he lost where he was. And that diamond fell and hit the deck, bounced twice, and off it went into the Atlantic Ocean. And everything in his life saving was just evaporated, disappeared in that moment. And then everyone was shocked, but the juggler, he, yeah. Let me tell you what people are doing these days. They're juggling with eternity. And, man, it's coming at you so fast. And if you're not careful, you, you can just let things waste away, slip away. Eternity could slip away from you if you're not right with the Lord. You don't want to juggle that away. You want to make sure that you're in his will, that you're walking with him, that you know him. That's how I feel about going into this next year. I want to be in His will. So every head battered, every eye closed. If you're not right with the Lord, I just want to give you that opportunity. Get right with the Lord. Don't juggle it. Don't lose it. Don't waste it. No. Make sure you're walking with Him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I feel led to pray for someone. Hey, Glenda, will you stand up there in the back? And Paul Walter, would you go lay hands on her? I want to, I want to pray with this woman. She's from Wisconsin. And uh, she's just moved out here. And I just want to pray over you. I want to pray the will of God. I want to pray things come together in your life. Can reach a hand out to this lady? Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for restoration. I'm, I'm praying for clarity and direction and commitment and purpose. There's a verse that says that good thing which the Holy Spirit has committed to you. And there's a good thing that God has committed to you, Glenda. There's a purpose. There's a plan. And uh, I feel like God's going to bring that out of the closet, freshen that up and show it to you. And things that you've forgotten about, God's going to put, put it back in you. Father, I pray over this woman. I pray direction, contentment, clarity, purpose. God, make it clear. Reveal it to her. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Man, it's great to be in the house of the Lord today. I sure love and appreciate you guys. Thank you again if you helped out on Christmas Eve. Man, we had a wonderful time. I want you to know we love you. We bless you. If you need prayer, the altars are open. And uh, it's just great to have you out this week. So we're, we'll be back again next Sunday. Amen? All right. Love you all very much. We'll catch you all later.